All right. Turn over to First John. Now I'll admit, um, tonight, as Dale has joked before in the past, there's not going to be a whole lot of reading scripture this evening, as we kind of are going through more of an introduction into the letters, as we try to kind of gain an understanding of the overarching scope of of the book. Um, again, this is um, going to be um, a deep dive into First, Second, and Third John. Um, and if you said in your head Jude and Revelation after that, um, that was just the natural tendency. First, second, and third John, Jude and Revelation, uh, as you, you know, say the books of the Bible out loud. Um, the uh, journey that we're about to uh, embark on here uh, is a wonderful one, I think. Um, I really enjoy John's letters. I enjoy his style of writing. Um, it's unique in that he focuses very heavily on, on things that, you know, other other writers touch on, um, but John really um, drives the nail home on on several things. Uh, of course, John uh, is known as the beloved apostle. Uh, he presents an eyewitness account of Jesus Christ, uh, in addition to proving his deity. Uh, which is an important theme that we'll look at a little bit tonight and, of course, as we go through this study. We're going to learn a little bit about fellowship, about walking in the light, about the forgiveness of sins, and the love of God also. Love, of course, is a huge theme. That's why this series is called John's Love Letters. Um, I have to admit, I kind of skeeped that title from uh, an author of a commentary that I've been reading through. Um, But uh, I think it's perfect uh, because it's really what these letters are. Um, talking about not only the love of God, but the love that we should have for him and our fellow brethren as well. John also addresses the false religious teachers of his day. Uh, In fact, this is where we start seeing the term antichrist being used, and we'll talk about that. Uh, But mainly, they were called this because they denied that Jesus was the Son of God. Um, They also denied that Jesus came in the flesh, thereby denying the truth that Jesus was God-made flesh. Uh, in fact, um, a uh, Christian, well, church-based um, website that I, I'm a part of uh, called PlainSimpleFaith.com, we have a Facebook page, and last week we put um, an image up there that um, was a quote from a brother who mentioned um, talking about how God or Jesus was 100% man and 100% God, and while that's not good math, it's good theology. Right, um, and there was a comment that was made by someone that said Jesus was not 100% man. He was 100% God only, and not man. Um, so we'll touch on that a little bit too um, as we go through as we go through this uh, these three letters, which is really what they are. They're three letters that are addressed different uh, differently, um, but um, letters nonetheless. Uh, John also addresses other important lessons that uh, help strengthen faith. We'll learn the uh, necessity of testing the messages that we receive from our teachers so that we can determine whether or not uh, the teaching is true or false. Of course, he speaks of the necessity of obeying God's commandments. Second John um, goes through, um, it's a little bit shorter than the first, um, but it talks about... um, walking according to the commandments and to refuse to have uh, refusing fellowship with false teachers 
Um, third, John teaches the necessity of financially supporting traveling evangelists. Um, we also learn about a church leader named uh, Diotrephes, uh, a leader who overstepped his authority and abused his leader, leadership position. Um, all of these meaningful topics, and of course there are several more, um, are just kind of a, a taste of what we're going to be looking at <clears throat> as we study through the 133 verses that make up the three epistles of John. If you're in 1 John, everybody knows John 3.16, right? Got that memorized by heart. For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son, that whosoever should believe in Him shall not perish but have eternal life. But did you know that there's also another important John 3.16, and that's 1 John 3.16, which is also a very good verse to have memorized, as this is kind of the overarching theme of the letters of John, and that is the theme of love. 1 John 3.16 says, By this we know love, that he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brothers. Again, this is one of many examples of the theme of love that is found throughout the writings of John, uh, both in these three epistles and his gospel account. John's gospel account focuses heavily on love and the deity of Christ as well, um, which leads me in my theology as I'm studying this to believe that John wrote his gospel account very close to when he wrote these letters as well because of the Gnosticism that was going on in the time, um, hearing and possibly even reading the other accounts of Mark, Matthew, and Luke, perhaps needing more focus on the deity of Christ because of the growing Gnostic um, problem that was uh, prevalent in that day. Um, in total, the word love is used uh, 52 times throughout the le three letters. That's how many times it's mentioned. Um, John's um, epistles here present the topic of love in many helpful ways. And one of the most significant uh, teachings is the powerful statement that he makes in 1 John chapter 4, verse 8. Where he says very simply, God is love. Of course, the full verse says, anyone who does not love does not know God because God is love. There's a song there. Greatest, greatest Commands, I think is what that one's called. God is love. That statement informs us that it is not just that God loves. He does do that, right? But that God is is love. Love is the essence of his being. That is who he is. Little babies receive love, right? Hopefully. That's the point. Our babies all receive love. And then they eventually learn to love their family members. They learn to love others, hopefully. Jury's still out on Lincoln? Just kidding. There are probably some people uh, in this life, who achieve a very high standard of love, a very high level of godlike love. But no one can ever say that I am love except for Jesus and for God. Because that level of love is only found in deity, it's only found in God. The great emphasis that these three epistles place upon love, again, is why this series is so aptly named John's Love Letters because they are letters that are focused on love. Another theme that is talked about, as I mentioned, is the deity of Christ. Just as John's uh, focus was on the deity of Christ in his gospel account, it continues here as a major theme 
um, as well. John provides compelling evidence in 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John of the deity of Christ, confirmation of his deity. Um, it's cent- it is a central important theme to these letters because of what I mentioned, the Gnostic problem, uh, the Gnostic doctrine that had been emerging in that time. And now Gnosticism was not fully developed, however. It was in its very early stages. Um, today there are Gnostics, there are agnostics, there are um, agnostics. Just making sure everybody's listening. Agnostics. All right, sorry. Um, cut that out of the recording. Um, so um, next week we're going to look more into Gnosticism. What is Gnosticism? What are the beliefs of Gnosticism? And why um, John had to battle so hard um, against this, this emerging doctrine. Basically, just to kind of give you an over an overview of it, these people um, claim to have special knowledge, and they were eroding the faith of many believers by teaching false doctrines about Jesus, uh, uh, specifically about his deity. They did not deny that Jesus existed, but they denied that he was the Son of God. He didn't, they denied that he was God in the flesh. Um, and of course, John and all the other apostles stood in opposition to them, and this is, uh, these are whom he calls antichrists, because they are against Christ. That's what antichrist means. Um, so again, we'll look into this more next week as we continue to build into 1 John. Next week we'll look at Gnosticism, and I'll kind of outline 1 John, but hopefully you'll have read through at least 1 John by next week. That is part of our reading uh, as a whole, but 1 John is only, it's only five chapters, um, so that shouldn't take you too much time. Um, but if, if you're a, ever accustomed to or, or have done it before, I think it's a good practice to go through and create your own outline of a book. Um, it really helps you study the book, and it helps you kind of get into the major themes, and that way maybe you can kind of break it down yourself. And next week when I give my outline, and of course it'll kind of be the outline that guides our study as well, um, you can see how those line up, um, hopefully. Um, now the author, this one's difficult. Um, his name was John, um, hence the name of the letters. Of course, he also introduces himself as such, the beginning uh, of his letters, or within his, um, within the letter. Um, John is the son of Zebedee. If you've ever heard of that name before, that's because he was mentioned heavily throughout the gospel accounts. Many believe that John's mother was Salome. Um, Salome was mentioned, um, and according to a comparison between Matthew 27, verse 56, and Mark 16, 1, those comparisons are drawn where Salome is mentioned, and of course she's um, asked, she, uh, the, John and James' mother, James is his brother, um, came forward asking Jesus for their place, a high place in the kingdom for them, and I'm sure um, at some part of them was like, Mom, but the other part were like, yes, come on, listen, right? Because they asked for it themselves, too. Um, scholars believe that uh, she was also Mary's sister, but there's not... Uh, Mary, the mother of Jesus, is sister, uh, but there's not, I don't think there's enough compelling evidence to really support that. It's a possibility, of course it's a possibility, but we don't know that for sure. Scripture doesn't tell us uh, plainly about that. Uh, The New Testament, of course, gives us a lot of history about John. Uh, When John met Jesus, he was a fisherman by trade, uh, fishing on the lake, or the Sea of Galilee, um, 
And while their names are not mentioned, it is very possible, many scholars believe, that John and his brother James met Jesus in Judea while they were following or listening to John the Baptist. John the Baptist preached and taught very closely to where Peter, Andrew, James, and John all worked on the Sea of Galilee. And of course, Jesus called those four guys first. They were some of the first apostles to be called, and it's believed that because of that, he had some familiarity with them prior to just coming upon them fishing in the Sea of Galilee. Um, they, uh, again, fished in the Sea of Galilee with their father, who was Zebedee. Um, they had a family business, and they had a partner in the business, and his name was Peter, Simon Peter. Um, and uh, Andrew, of course, was Peter's partner. Um, and, of course, we know all about the calling of them. Told, uh, Jesus told them to make them fishers of men. And so they became fishers of men. And John, Peter, Andrew, and James continued in that work um, until their deaths. Um, we'll talk about John's death here in a second. John had some weaknesses, though. John, I'm sorry, ahead of time, because I'm going to be saying your name a lot, uh, both Johns. Um, it's always difficult when you're talking about someone that has that same name. Because if you slip away and stop paying attention and the speaker suddenly says, John, you go, thinking you're talking to me, right? Um, thankfully, there's really no one in history named Derek, so that didn't really happen too much for me. Um, so John had a lot of weaknesses. Um, and the, the beauty of the Bible, I think, is that the Bible does, never glosses over um, the shortcomings of God's servants. Two weaknesses that I want to point out um, that we find in the New Testament um, and I want to point these out, as I mentioned this morning, because of the fact that he overcame these weaknesses um, and became very strong and, and a hard worker for the Lord. The first weakness was that he was a very angry young man. Uh, he and his brother both. Um, he and his brother both um, won them the name Boanerges, which means sons of thunder, Mark 3, verse 17. Um, and this came about um, as they were with Jesus and the other disciples as they were passing through Samaria. Uh, the people of the town refused to let Jesus and his disciples enter the town because, the, um, because their destination was Jerusalem. It's just that conflict between Samaritans and Jews. Um, and so James and John, the sons of thunder, asked, Lord, do you want us to tell fire to come down from heaven and consume them? And Jesus rebukes them. Um, and so they got the name sons of thunder, right? Fire down from the sky, lightning, sons of thunder. Um, today it would sound like a cool name. It's probably the name of a motorcycle gang or something like that. But nonetheless, these were two angry individuals um, that, again, I think, and we see that John over, overcame this. He outgrew this weakness um, as it's not something that we see in his character later in life. Um, as we look at his letters that are focused on love and not anger, because anger is the root of hate, right? And hate is the opposite of love. Um, <clears throat> I won't do the Yoda quote. Um, but um, his other weakness that he had was his ambition. And you can say, why is ambition a weakness? Well, being too ambitious was a weakness for, uh, for John and James. And we, saw, and we see that, as I mentioned earlier, um, in their request and desire to have high places in the kingdom. In the Gospels, James and John are mentioned together on many occasions, <clears throat> and some believe that since James was mentioned first, that he was the predominant one of the two, um, 
However, it could possibly be that James was just the older brother, and they were listed in chronological order, which is possible as well. Um, nonetheless, we don't really know for sure, uh, but they both together had this ambition because each time they were mentioned together and asking for this place in the, the high place in the kingdom, um, they were together asking for it. One one of the right hand, one one of the left hand. And of course, their mother asked for the same thing. And they asked of this on more than one occasion. Uh, Mark 10, 35 through 45 is one example if you want to uh, look at that later. Um, but this, again, suggests that they wanted to be the number two and number three people in the hierarchy of what they believed the kingdom of God was going to be. And if you think, as we have been studying on Wednesday nights, the life of Christ and this, this idea of the messianic kingdom and, and what um, the Jews believed that was, um, you know, it's, it makes sense that John and James would want some kind of high-ranking position because that's how they thought the, the kingdom would be structured. Right. Um, John also overcame this weakness as well, as we see in Revelation chapter one, verse one and verse nine. Um, the, here he identifies himself as a servant, a brother, and a partner in the tribulation. There is no mention that he makes of being a leader or seeking his own honor, but he always seeks to honor and give honor and glory to God and to Christ. Um, whereas in his ambitious state. He was looking for preeminence. He was looking for that position of power. Later in life, John was seen working together with Peter in Acts chapter 4 and 5. Of course, this is not unusual for the former fishing partners and apostles of Christ. They walked together with Christ. They fished together for many years. So they were good friends. Um, it's generally accepted that John was the only apostle who died of natural causes. And this stems from um, Jerome, um, who was a historian, um, and he lived um, between AD 342 and AD 419. But uh, Jerome wrote that John lived in Ephesus towards the end of his life. And he wrote that John was, he said, John was now so old he could not stand without help and was, and was unable to deliver long lessons. And he added that on several occasions the apostle uh, while being held up by others, simply said, little children love one another. There's that love word again. Jerome documents that when asked why he kept saying the same sentence every time he got up and spoke, John replied, it is the Lord's command, and if this alone be done, it is enough. Of course, we don't know the accuracy of this account. It's not an inspired account, um, though history... Um, has been written uh, according to this. Um, and we don't really know the accuracy pertaining to his, his later years in general, but it does show um, the love and service of an old man who still had words of encouragement. There's that encouragement word again, to say to God's people, encouraging them. And after a long and fruitful life, the Apostle John, uh, of course, went on to receive his reward. Believers... Uh, from the first century to the end of time, will be blessed by his writings because we have them in his epistles and his gospel account. Um, and I can just imagine an aged John being held up and just saying that one sentence and sitting down. I think I'm going to take that example one week and I'm just going to have someone pick me up and I'm just going to get up and say that line and then sit back down. <laughs> 
I'm kidding. Um, I heard a preacher one time say that he got so much criticism because he got up and he read um, a couple chapters from, um, I don't remember what book he was reading from, but he just read the verses and he sat back down. And he told the song leader to wait a few minutes before he got up to sing. And people were like, we wanted a sermon. We wanted a lesson. Sometimes we just need to hear the word. Sometimes we just need to hear things that possibly we need to hear. It's not about how long the preacher goes or doesn't go, right? Some of you probably think in the mornings, come on, we're going to miss the buffet, right? But sometimes we need to sit a little bit longer. Sometimes we don't need to sit long enough. Who knows? But nonetheless, John got his message across very plainly. Little children love one another. So as I mentioned, next week we're going to look at Gnosticism and the outline for 1 John. Um, and if you haven't done so already, please read through the entire book. Um, I mean, if, you're, if you feel up to it, you can do it a couple of times um, so that you can get really familiar with it. Um, I really hope that uh, this study um, can encourage us, as we've been talking about on Sunday mornings, but um, really help build um, our faith. I think these letters um, serve a really good purpose in doing that. There's a lot of applicable lessons um, that we're going to look at and touch on. Um, so um, well, another thing like I want to start with this series and then we're going to continue it. Um, I had a request uh, by someone to do a kind of a question and answer. Not a you ask me questions, I answer them type thing, but I'm going to make a question box where people can submit their questions about scripture. And then I'm going to try and do a lesson on that question. And we're going to try and do that on Sunday evenings after this series. But ultimately, I want to start in this. If you have questions that you can think about, email me. Um, that My email, my phone is always open for questions that you may have. Um, and of course, if they pertain to our study, then I may say, wait, we'll get to that. Um, and we'll talk about it um, in more depth. Um, it's never a bad thing to ask questions about your faith, as we've been talking, as we talked, I think, last week um, in our study on the life of Christ. Um, you know, the disciples didn't want to ask Jesus about why he said what he said about the fact that he needed to be raised. They were ignorant because they didn't understand what it meant. And instead of asking him, because they were afraid their ignorance would show how, how little faith they had and, and possibly be rebuked again by Jesus, um, they just stayed silent. But the best way to grow knowledge is to admit that you are missing it and then gain it. Um, and that's why, as I mentioned this morning, we should pay close attention to our study of the Bible, try to do so daily so that we can grow um, and so that we can strengthen our soul, as Dave mentioned in our, in our opening prayer this morning or this evening, um, to be able to, to grow in faith and so that we can ultimately, as John did, reach that goal uh, in eternity in heaven. If we can assist you tonight in any way, uh, through study, through prayer, if you desire to become a, a disciple of Christ in baptism, we want to help you with that. And the uh, opportunity is yours now. If you can come forward while we stand and sing.